Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Job Pod, the podcast with Youth Employment Services. My name is Maureg Morrison, and I'm an employment facilitator with Youth Employment Services. And today I'm here with Stephanie Perushnik-Butler, who works in the arts. So Stephanie, can you introduce yourself and tell us what you do? Yep. Hi, I'm Stephanie Perushnik-Butler. I'm the distribution coordinator at the Winnipeg Film Group. So essentially what I do is I'm responsible for acquisition, distribution, and preservation of film and video works in the Winnipeg Film Group catalog. So my job sort of day-to-day looks like a lot of sending out film files, trying to get screenings, and getting eyes on different artists' work. And in my own life, I also teach art workshops for people of all ages, mostly about zine-making and bookbinding. Sweet. And jumping into it, can you tell us what your first job was and what kind of things you learned at that job that you use in your career now? Yeah, I loved my first job. I got a job working at Ticketmaster at the MTS Center when I was 15. And I feel like it was the first place where I really felt a genuine sense of camaraderie between staff. And it was so exciting to me. And one of the most memorable things was sort of this rush of kind of stress and excitement because we would do these huge live ticket sales where things would go on sale online at the same time as they would go on sale in person. And so there was this rush of who was going to get what seats. And then I also worked live events. And so there were always a lot of people, hustle and bustle. And in that way, both of those sort of stress and excitement components tie into what I do now. I'm responsible for sending out press kits and downloadable files and stills once films get into festivals and screenings. And I relay a lot of information back between, um, you know, event organizers, promoters, and different programmers, as well as the filmmakers. So there's a lot of back and forth communication that I'm responsible for. I'm responsible for sending press kits, files, stills to organizers and promoters and relaying information between event organizers and the filmmakers. And if I'm lucky enough, I'll also be able to see the final screening. So in a similar way to my work at Ticketmaster, there's this payoff and reward of having an event that goes successfully at the end. Obviously, between Ticketmaster and now you've done a few other things. So what kind of experiences have you had or trainings that you've done that you've been able to use to get to your position now? Yeah. So I worked at Cinematech, which is part of the Winnipeg Film Group. I started working there in 2016 as a box office attendant. And funny enough, I was sort of doing similar work to the work I did at Ticketmaster, where I was selling tickets and making popcorn. But before that, I worked a lot in retail. I worked at several different retail locations. And it was such a different approach to the work I do because it was so much more about sales and about direct communication face-to-face. And now my work mostly relates to communication over email. There's a lot of communication over the phone and it's less about direct sales and more about what we can do to get screenings for artists. But I think an interesting difference in my experience is that I didn't go to film school and I also don't have a fine arts degree, which I think a lot of people who work in distribution do. But I earned a certificate from Red River College in residential decorating in 2019. And I found from doing that program, the biggest takeaways 
that I apply to my role as a distribution coordinator would be project management, reading and rereading specs. Specs is basically a short form for specifications. And in residential decorating, that looks like materials, colors, size. But in the film world, that looks like different size film files, what type of film codec it is, the way that it's edited, the frames per second. And so reading what a festival needs and rereading it to ensure that I've sent them the correct file. And I also found when I took business communication courses at Red River, I use all the lessons I learned in those courses in my current job. Sweet. Yeah, I really like that you kind of highlighted that you don't have the more traditional expected route to get to your job now because it's, I think, across all or not every single profession, but across many professions, there are a lot of different ways that you can get to a certain type of job. Like obviously to become a doctor, you do need to go to school specifically to become a doctor. But in many professions, like a lot of my coworkers and I at YES have different undergrad degrees. So I like that you were able to kind of highlight your transferable skills there. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. It's something I I used to feel very self-conscious of not going to film school, but now I feel I have very different, you know, sets of talents that that help with my job. Perfect. And so what would your advice be to other young people who are interested in working in the arts? This is such a fun question because I actually think about this pretty often. I would say go to as many art openings and events as you can and that you have the energy for and focus on ones that have meaning to you if you know the artist's work and maybe you've seen something of theirs online or seen a piece of theirs at a gallery and it spoke to you in some way focus on trying to go to those events and the good thing is a lot of those events are actually free and a lot of the company materials are also free so feel free to go further and read curatorial statements and accompanied essays go to artist talks and panels. And in light of COVID-19, actually, a lot of artist-run centers have been uploading archival artist talks and lectures for free online. So do some research and see what you can find to just watch from home. And I think the biggest takeaway is to meet people at these functions. I often am skeptical of what networking looks like in the arts or how much of an effect it can have. But if you can actually build some genuine connections and make friends through the arts, there are lots of ways to hear about new opportunities before they go live or even just hear about shows coming up that might interest you. So that's a that's a big one. And I think there's a lot of accessibility issues as far as and finding an entry point into the arts world if you're not familiar with other artists or artist-run centers. So my recommendation is researching artist-run centers in Winnipeg and signing up for their newsletters. And they'll share information about events coming up and different programs that they offer. And then if you're looking for maybe broader um, picture of what's happening in Canadian art, you can sign up for Akimbo emails. And those are really great. They'll show you lots of different shows happening and link to different curatorial responses. And so there's lots to be learned from those as well. And generally, I would just say, you know, strike up conversation with people you find interesting and you never know where it's going to take you. Mm -hmm. And that's also, too, a more 
informal way of doing what's called an informational interview, which is something that we've mentioned a couple of different times on other podcast episodes, but it's just reaching out to someone to specifically say like, can you tell me more about your job? I'm interested in it, you know, or I'm interested in working in the field you're in. So there's definitely ways you can do that. That's more formal in reaching out and say, can we have a zoom or can we get coffee, you know, distance these days? But yeah, like even going to an art opening or an event like that is a great place to make those connections so that later when you reach out to have a more formal conversation, you've, you've got that basis already. So I really like that. Exactly. And I think something that happens a lot in the arts that at first when I started this position and started working in arts and men, I was self-conscious of doing was offering to come for studio visits and do studio visits with artists. And I think if you can establish these kind of relationships with artists where you're comfortable talking about the work you're doing and the work they're doing and asking questions, those can be really, really amazing connections down the line. Beautiful. Yeah. And you're kind of touching on this already, but what are some of the strengths you've had that have allowed you to succeed in your current role? Yeah, I think being adaptable and being teachable are the biggest takeaways. And like I said earlier, because I didn't go to film school, I often don't have some of the same resources that some of my colleagues do. So knowing when to ask for help is a major strength. And it's not embarrassing. I think that's something that I I have to often remind myself and others. It's okay to ask for help. But also naturally, I think I like a steep learning curve. I like watching myself grow. One of the more concrete things I do is I find it really important to ask for a performance review with my direct manager. And I like doing them every six months, but every year is also fine and better than nothing. And I find... Um, you know, my willingness to take constructive feedback can be really helpful and help me become a better arts administrator. And generally, some soft skills I have would probably be curiosity and positivity. And those skills help me with finding new work and meeting new artists and generally gaining excitement about different film and video work that, that is being made. And then on the flip side of that, what are some of the weaknesses that you've had to work on in your career? One of the big ones is learning how to prioritize. I think I'm a big yes person. I like just saying yes if someone asks for help and I need to learn when I have time and when something is maybe something I don't need to be doing. That's not my job. So that's a major, major weakness that I'm pretty aware of and that I'm working on. And one of the ways I work on it is just by learning how to set boundaries. And it's easier for me to do that with my colleagues but it also is helpful when you can start to do it with other programmers, other distributors and artists and filmmakers as well. So that's, that's the big one. Beautiful. I also just want to highlight if we were in a job interview right now, you would have nailed that answer because (laughs) the way that you answer about your weaknesses is lay out what it is and then talk about how you're working on it. So a plus. Thank you. So nice. (laughs) And in your job, I think when people think about the arts, like oftentimes, especially people who don't have experience working in the arts, kind of have no idea, like, what are the actual tasks you do? So can you just lay out what tasks you do in your role that people might not know about? Absolutely. I think that's totally true. There's a lot of different day-to-day tasks in the arts that people aren't aware happen. And I think with my job specifically, if you were to look at the things that are the most... um 
obvious or unique about my job. You would think that all I do is watch movies, submit movies to festivals, and then travel to go to festivals, which obviously isn't happening with COVID. But I think that's the highly romantic version of what my job looks like when actually my job is made up of a lot of emailing, emailing between artists, emailing with different festival organizers and event programmers and curators, filling out contracts, so much paperwork. There's so many forms and pieces of paper and PDFs that need to be signed and just filing things away. And then also sending Dropbox links, sending downloadable film files, uploading and downloading like really there's so much uploading and downloading and it's it's time consuming but you can do other things while you do it and then i'm also working on this special project called archive counter archive which is a special project in conjunction with york university and the winnipeg film group has a case study with them so we're doing this like very interesting special project where we're recentering marginalized filmmakers who have work in the catalog that isn't digitized and we're paying for the digitization and getting that work seen again and a lot of that work is seriously nancy drewing like it's just trying to find where these people live now and see if they're still making films and try and strike up this communication between people who i've never met who maybe no one who works at the film group anymore has ever met and yeah just trying to recenter some of that work. So there's a lot of sort of detective work, <laughs> as I like to refer to it. But it feels very worthy when you can sort of connect with someone who maybe hasn't had that work seen in a long time or maybe haven't seen it themselves for 10, 20 years. Neat. And what are some of the biggest misconceptions there are about working in the arts? I think one of the big ones is that arts administrators and cultural workers are maybe more abstract random or aren't quick to respond to emails. And I think all of those sort of misconceptions are sort of silly, like arts and cultural workers are professionals. And that's always what I like to remind people and think about even in my day to day life. Most of the people in arts and men that I know are extremely organized, professional, efficient, but they also often have that added sort of twinkle and bonus of being very creative. So I think that's that's the biggest one that I've seen. Mm -hmm. And is there anything else that you want to share? Yeah, I think if you are a filmmaker and you're listening to this podcast and you're curious about distribution, I would love to hear from you. So you can contact me at stephanie at winnipegfilmgroup.com and just say hello and ask me if you have any questions. Or you could go to the Winnipeg Film Group website and click on the distribution tab to learn more. But we have lots and lots of films in our catalog and we're always looking for more. And, you know, I, I know there are obviously a lot of youth listening and we don't need to, we, we take in films from people of all ages. So you can be an emerging filmmaker and only have made one film, even if it was on your iPhone. And we still want to see it and, and consider it for distribution. So. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. Thank you. That was great. And if you're listening and you're interested in listening to more podcasts, you can check out our website at yesnb.ca. From there, you can also find out about the other services we offer at Youth Employment Services, 
We can help you out with things like tailing your resume to the arts sector if that's what you're interested in. We can also help you out with cover letters, mock interviews. You too can nail the weakness question like Stephanie did. Uh, so again, that's yesmb.ca and from there you can go to our contact us page to get in touch with an employment facilitator today. Thanks for joining us on the job pod.